All right, good morning. <clears throat> Please stay awake. That's all I ask. Just stay awake today. That was a good breakfast. Appreciate everybody coming out and uh, all the hands that prepared it and, and the, the ones that's able to eat it. Um, got two things real fast. Uh, we're, we're doing the, uh, what's it called, Kristen? The food roundup, that thing. So we're doing the food roundup for the North Carolina Baptist Children's Home. So if you've got, um, we've got till the end of the month to collect. So what we're going to do is collect um, gift cards to uh, grocery stores. Or you can put cash in there, and we'll we'll go get it for you. But we're going to do gift cards or cash, and at the end of the month, we'll give it over to the North Carolina Baptist Children's Home to uh, help feed them guys. And then uh, today's the last day to sign up for the Grandfather Mountain, which will be next Sunday. We'll leave sometime after church and go up there. So we've got this. We'll lay it up front after church if you want to sign up. We've got about 25 so far wanting to go, so that's, that's, that's good. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So you're probably wondering, why in the world have I cluttered up the table up here? And why in the world are some of y'all holding eggs? So we're going to, it is not an Easter egg hunt. I don't believe in bringing that into the church. That's not what it is, because they're not having to hunt for them. They're just going to go get them from you. Don't open them. The kids are going to open each one of them as we go through this. And if the young'uns want to, do y'all think you can come up here and sit? Any of y'all want to sit right up here? Is it safe? If not, you're going to have to get out of your pew, which is fine, too. Ethan, you want to come up here? Yep, you're going to sit right up there? You can come up here with me is what you'd do. We're, mi we're missing some. Where's she at? Oh, she's buying Keith. Oh, she's preoccupied. All right. All right. So good. Everybody's coming up. Can you're, you're, you want to send them up here? We're going to, you want to come up here? You want to sit up here with these guys? You don't want to? Will you go get an egg later if I ask you to? Okay, we'll do that. You stay right there. So what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of focus this whole thing on the kids. I want the kids to understand the true meaning of Easter. I think as adults, we've under, we understand it for the most part. Uh, but we've gotten away from the kids. And, not the, and it's not just us. I'm, I'm not saying us in general. I'm, just, I'm talking about the church has got away from the kids. We've gotten away from the basics. We talk about that a lot. We need to get back to the basics when it comes to the church. Well, how do you get back to the basics? You got to get back to the youngins. That's the next generation. Right? What you see here, and and in some of these other churches, they're the ones that's going to take on the reins of the church whenever we're dead and gone. So we need to keep instilling and and and, and teaching and like the Bible tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he shall not depart. We need to do that. So today we're going to do that. We're going to pick apart twelve pieces of Easter for these guys, and so the eggs all have something in it. It's not for the kids to keep because i got to have it for another sermon sometime, I'm sure. But once they bring their, their egg up, we're going to open it. They're going to show you what it is, and then we have a larger version of it for them to look at as well. And for y'all that are eyeing my spear, it is not sharp, just so you know. I had Ethan in mind when I made that thing. I mean, I, I knew he was going to impale somebody, me probably. So, all right, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get started looking for the eggs, okay? Does that sound good to y'all? Probably you. Are you going to pray, or you want me to pray? You want everybody to pray? Everybody prays. Are you going to pray? Okay, we'll pray. Here we go. Okay. All right, go ahead and pray. Not going to? 
All right, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for today. Thank you for uh, the group that is here. Father, I pray that you just bless our time together. Bless this service, Lord. Bless these children. Father, as uh, we get back to the basics, as we get back to uh, what the true meaning of Easter is, as we look at the, not just the death and the burial, but Lord, today we're going to celebrate the resurrection. And Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for uh, moving that stone, rolling that thing away, Lord, and allowing your son to come out. Lord, and I just want to pray today that whatever is said and done, even though this may sound like a very simple message, Lord, I pray that it would touch hearts. That's, that's my prayer today, that it would touch not just the children's hearts, but the adults' hearts as well. God, I pray that you just have a great movement here from heart to heart and pew to pew, Lord. I pray that you just uh, allow your Holy Spirit just to fill uh, the voids in our hearts. Lord, there's always something missing, Father, and you can always fill that void for us. And I pray that we do that today with what's going to be said and done. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I did turn the air conditioner on for y'all, just so you know. I am already sweating up here. All right, so the first thing, who's got the number one egg? Who's got number one? Way back there in the corner. Which one? Did y'all do paper, rock, scissors to see who's going to read? Or they just said you was going to do it? Yeah. All right. So Andrea has the Bible verse, and she's going to read. So everybody listen to Andrea's Bible verse. Speak loud. All right, so when you guys want to grab that egg from Andrea, you want to grab that and bring it up here? You're still going to have to get up and come up here. You thought she was getting out of it. All right, you want to open it up and show us what's in it? What's in that? What is that? It's a donkey. You can hold it up there so they can see it. A donkey, yeah. So here's the donkey. All right, let me take that from you, the whole thing, egg and all. All right, so we got a donkey. So, all right, what this donkey, we talked about this last week. The donkey represents a lot of things in the Bible. And so what this, today what we're going to look at in Jesus' day, most everybody walked. Everybody had on their sandals. Everybody wore what we call Jerusalem cruisers or Air Moses, whatever you want to call them. They wore sandals everywhere they went. And that's why when we did, we talked about the, uh, the Lord's Supper a couple weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus humbled himself and he washed the feet of his disciples. That's what servants would do. But they had dirty feet because they walked everywhere they went. Well, the donkey represents a couple different things. And back in the day, uh, if a king rode into town, a king would be on, if it was a peaceful entry, they would ride in a don on a donkey. And so the donkey represented peace. If a king rode in on a horse, that meant that represented war. That means they were going to go to war. They were going to go to battle. So you never wanted to see a king come into a town riding on a horse because that meant something bad's getting ready to happen. So Jesus came in on the donkey, and he rode in on a donkey. And have you guys ever seen him lay down on the red carpet 
like at a at a at an important show or something like that. They put out the red carpet and people would walk on the red carpet. Well, in Jesus' day, when they would lay down their robes and they put down the palm leaves that Andrew read about, that's the equivalent of the red carpet. And so Jesus came in as what we call a triumphal entry, and he came in peaceful on a donkey. And they laid down their robes and they laid down their palm leaves so that he could come in on the red carpet. Now, who's got number two? All right, go ahead, Kristen. You want to go get the egg from your mama? Go get it. Hurry. <laughs> Bring it up here. What do you think's in that? What do you think that is? You want to open it and see? You're going to have to lay Spider-Man down for a minute. All right. What's in it? Coins. Coins. How many's in there? Two? Two coins? That's about 15 cent a piece. Yeah. Can I have those back? Okay, thank you. All right. So what we got here are the coins. <clears throat> and the coins, it was 30 pieces of silver. And this is the this was the part where it starts going, what we'd say, going downhill for Jesus. Because Jesus got sold out for 30 pieces of silver. Now, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. On a Sunday, we talked about um, the... Um, the prophecy that he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. So these coins represent something that we don't like to talk about a lot because this is the point where Jesus was given over. Not everyone was happy with Jesus. Not everybody wanted to uh, follow Jesus around. There's a lot of unhappy people. Some people pretended to be happy. Have you guys ever ever pretended to, just to smile just so everybody would think you're happy? Just put on a... You've never done that? You're not old enough yet, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Do you smile? Kylie smiles. Finally, it took her a couple of years. Yeah, they're smiling. But deep down inside, they might be smiling on the outside, but deep down inside, they were unhappy with Jesus. Judas was one of those. He was putting up a front. He was just smiling. Do what? I'm going to have to have an interpreter. <laughs> But they pretended they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill Jesus. They did not like him that much. One of those pretenders was somebody by the name of Judas. And now think about Judas. Judas had hung out with Jesus for about three years or so, two or three years, and he knew Jesus. He had watched him perform the miracles. He had heard him preach. He heard him teach. He heard all these things and seen all these things, but he still pretended. He still was not, he did not have a, a relationship with Jesus like the other 11 did. Some of the other people in, around there, they were called uh, chief priests. These chief priests did not like Jesus. These chief priests said, you know what, if we can get rid of him, everybody else will follow us. They were afraid that if the Messiah truly was there or this new king was there, that they would follow him, Jesus, instead of them. And so they had come up with this plan, the chief priests, and they said, we need somebody that can point him out, tell us who he is, and mark him with a kiss. And so that was Judas. Judas ended up selling out for 30 pieces of silver because he wanted the money. He was a pretender. You have, you have, I know Ethan pretends. 
Ethan pretends he's Batman and Spider-Man and everything else. Wonder Woman? No, I don't think so. But he pretends to be a, a superhero. Judas pretended to be Jesus' friend. So it wasn't a true friendship. It was just the true intent of the heart wasn't there. He did not love Jesus the way everybody else loved Jesus. All right, number three. Who's got number three? All right, Dad. I love that one. So we just did that Thursday night. So who wants to go get the the cup? Or I'm sorry, not the cup, the egg from Dad. Anybody? You want to go get the cup? Or the egg? I'll get it right here in a minute. Right here. He's holding it out. All right, what's in it? Uh-oh. Here, I'll hold that for you. What is that? It's a trophy. A trophy? <laughs> it's a... <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's a, it's a cup. <laughs> Do you see the cup? So this is what it looks like. It's a little bit bigger. Does that look like a cup now? You want to put it in there? Drop your cup in my cup. There you go. All right, y'all have a seat. <laughs> I like your dress. That's pretty. All right, here's the cup. So this is something similar to what Jesus would use with the disciples. This is actually made out of olive wood. It come from Israel. And it would have been filled with wine or grape juice is what technically it was, and they would have passed that around as they uh, partook of the Last Supper, as they were sitting in the upper room. This is what we did Thursday night here at the church, is we, we honored that Last Supper that Jesus had with the disciples. They would have used that cup. Jesus had a special meal with the twelve, and, and, and that was for them to sit and have a time of fellowship. And, and Jesus had a relationship with these individuals, these twelve. He had a really strong relationship with them because these guys were getting ready to be the church. They didn't know it, but they were getting ready to go out, and they were going to be the church. They were going to help plant churches. They are going to make disciples. They had all these things that, that Jesus had lined up for them to do, and he wanted to have one last meal with them. And he told us, told them, and we read this, that this would be the last time that he drank of this cup this side of heaven. The next time that he would sup with them would be at the marriage supper table of the Lamb. And so he would be in heaven with them. I've lost every one of them right now. <laughs> That's all right, you adults can listen. But during the meal, Jesus passed that cup around and gave everybody a drink. Then he said something that was, it was really hard for them to understand. And I think for us as well as, as Christians, it's hard for us to understand as well. When he passed that cup around... And he told, and after they had drunk, he told them that that represented his blood. So it was grape juice, it was wine, but it represented his blood. So it kind of made them think. And it makes us think, too. When we take this, we have to think of it the same way as well. We've got to remember it as a, it represents Jesus' blood. He wanted them to remember that special night and the promise that he was, had made them, the promise that he would return, the promise that he would eat with them again someday in heaven. But he wanted them to remember that promise. So... What's a promise? Do y'all know what a promise is? Nobody's ever made you a promise? You've never promised to take him to McDonald's? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. You, yeah. <laughs> it's probably, somebody's going to do something. That means they're going to do it. If somebody promises you, if I say, Ethan, I promise you that I'm going to throw you around after church, I have to do that now. We do it every Sunday anyway, don't we? So we'll just keep doing it. That's a promise. I'm not going to break that promise. All right? So that's what a promise is. And Jesus had made that promise to them. 
and said that I would, that he would return, that he was going to come back. But it still didn't make sense for a few days. It didn't make sense. Who's got number four? That's one of my favorite verses right there. Hey, all right, who's going to get? Hey, Kylie. Kylie? Kylie? Go get the egg. What? Hey, you've already got one. Hurry, go grab it. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Come up here and let's see what's in. You want to open it up and see what's inside? No. Come here, let's see what's inside. What is it? What is it? What is that? Hands. It is. They're praying hands. Hands. All right, let me have you egg too. There we go. Just like that. All right, so we got hands. We have praying hands. I'm pretty sure those are my clothes. I'm pretty sure. So we have praying hands. And we've all got two hands. We can all put them together, and we can pray. We don't have to put our hands together and pray. But what that represents is the prayer. It represents what Jesus was doing in the garden. So he'd asked the three to go with him, and he said, if you will, sit here while I go over yonder. I tell no, he's southern. Jesus was, he's Baptist, I know. So he said, go, I'm going to go over yonder, and I'm going to pray a little bit, but I want you three to sit here and watch and pray. Because that's what he tells us to do, is always to watch and pray. To be, We've got to be on our toes all the time and always be in prayer. And so Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane. What was he doing in the garden? Do you know, Ethan? What was he doing in the garden? He was praying. Exactly. Who was he, who was he praying for? Do you know? He's praying for God or to God? Okay. He's praying for you. Do you know that? He was. Jesus was in that garden, and he was praying, and the other three was up there just asleep and away, and they didn't know what was going on, and Jesus was in that garden, and he was praying for each one of us. Folks, I tell you what, you want to be moved, you get in that garden. And it's the most overwhelming thing I've ever experienced in my life. Just the thoughts that my Jesus was in that garden. And he prayed for me. I, he prayed for y'all. I don't know if he didn't pray for this church. I don't know. But folks, he got in the garden. All he asked those three was just sit here for a little while. If you keep reading on in that verse, it says, and he went a little further. Whew. And he went a little further. He went a little bit deeper, went a little bit further in the garden, he went a little bit further in his prayer life. He went a little, a little bit further reaching the, the throne of grace for each one of us. He went a little further. What? Something about fish. I have no idea. We don't have fish and eggs today. Sorry. We'll get that later. But he, he wanted them to pray with him. And they wouldn't do it. All they, they said, we got a full belly. We talk, Keith talked about this the other day, how much they ate at the last supper. When we talk about supper, what do we talk about? We get a plate full of stuff. We eat it. We might get a little dessert. We go home. The, the last supper or, or the Lord's Supper or Passover meal, whatever you want to call it, that was a big meal. It was a feast. And it was spread out over hours and a lot of meals. So just like you all right now, you're sleepy. They were sleepy, so the three of them went with Jesus, and they sat down, and they went to sleep. They were so full, they had to sleep. All Jesus is asking is for them to pray. Just pray. Now, what Jesus is praying for, this is the hard part for a lot of us to understand. He started to feel sad, because remember, Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. 
So the man side of him started to feel sad because he knew he was going to experience death. He was going to feel the pain of death, and he, he, he knew he was going to die. But he was willing to do it. That's the thing that we need to remember. He once said, and over in the Bible it says, that this is Jesus. He said, no man taketh it from me. Talking about his life. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. One of the amazing things about Jesus is this right here. Like no one before him, like no one since him, he was God and man at the same time, and there'll never be another. I heard a song on the way up here earlier, and the, the, the guy said it, it was volume five, and he said, there'll never be another Calvary. And the way he said that, just, man, that rung with me. It'll never, there'll never be another Calvary. There's no need for a Calvary. It's done. So the God part of him was willing to die because of his love, but the human part of him didn't want to feel the pain on that cross. He didn't want to feel what he was going through. So before we go to the next egg, that's what I want you all to, to understand is when you're sad, when you feel afraid, do like Jesus did, and these praying hands, and you pray. When you're sad, when you're scared, Ethan's got it right there. You go to God in prayer. That's what Jesus did. He was afraid, he was scared, and he went to the Father in prayer. He went to God in prayer. Who's got number five? All right, Carolyn, go for it. See, that was short. That wasn't bad, was it? All right, who's going to go get the egg? Go get it. Go get it from Carolyn. Hurry, hurry, somebody. Wrong. Carolyn is not over there. There you go. Good job. All right, what's in it? Open it up. What do you think that is? I don't know. It don't look like it, like it should. That's a whip. Let's see. It. Oh, you said it's a whacker. <laughs> It's a, it is, it's a whip. Thank you. Kylie, you're all up in here, ain't you? All right, here's, here's what it was. Here's the bigger version of it. That's what you're talking about, ain't it? Yep, that's a whip. So they were taking the whip similar to this right here, and they was hitting Jesus with it. And on the end of it, it had pieces of bone and metal in it. So when it, Huh? Yeah, and he was, they was hitting Jesus on the back with it. Yeah, it hurt really bad. And they hit him so many times. They hit him 39 times because if they'd hit him 40, it probably killed him. Everybody knew that. So they hit him 39 times on the back with that, and it was tearing the skin and the flesh off of him, and he was bleeding. When Jesus had finished praying in the garden, those men that Judas had talked to, what they wanted to kill him, they came after him then. And so they took him and they arrested him. It was a false, what we call a false arrest or a false trial. They came and got him because they didn't have anything, no charges against him. But they came and got him anyway. And they took him and they took him down to, to Pilate, and, uh, who was the ruler at the time. And he, Pilate had him whipped. And so they took that whip and they tied him up, tied his hands to a stake. And then they took that whip and they hit him across the back 39 times. And it made him bleed. It hurt him really bad. Made him bleed. And so when we look at that, we need to remember that Jesus done nothing wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. How many times have you ever been spanked and you didn't do anything wrong? You can't answer that, Ethan. Nope. <laughs> yep. Just think about being falsely accused of something and being punished for it. 
Think about these men and women that have been in jail for 20 or 30 years, being falsely accused and finally being able to be released. That was their punishment. Jesus' punishment for something he didn't do was to be whipped. And so he took the scourging across his back. Who's got number six? This is the funny one. All right, go for it. All right, who wants to go get that egg? It's a race. It's a race. Oh, she's going to blow her nose. She wouldn't get an egg. <laughs> All right, open it up. What we got? What is that? It's a rooster. Look at that rooster. <laughs> got it? All right. Oh, you don't see it? Oh. So it's a rooster. Now, that probably doesn't sound like something we should be talking about at Easter, adding a rooster into it. But here's the rooster, something similar to that. There's the rooster. And that rooster does have a huge part to play in the, the Easter story that we're talking about. For Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, the sound of the rooster crowing, it signaled sadness in him. It signaled a time that uh, a conversation that he and Jesus had had, and he didn't really think much about it. And it was that he would deny him. Peter would deny Jesus. And he did. He denied him. He said he didn't know him. He was afraid. And Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. You got a best friend? Kyle, you got a best friend? Who's your best friend? You got a best friend named Bella? All right. So that's a. So she's in your class. You got one too? Who is it? But you got one. That's what matters. You got a best friend. She's got a best friend. Just make sure they don't get my spear. That's what I'm afraid of. I feel like I'm about to be attacked up here. It's okay. I think it's okay. All right, so they had, he had a best friend. Jesus had a best friend named Peter. And so Peter was so close to Jesus that he thought that he would be able to do anything and, and be with him. What? I have no idea what she's saying. What? Hayden. Oh, okay. Be careful. <laughs> I'm not getting in between you two. <laughs> Peter could be dependent on. Jesus could depend on Peter. In my mind, this went really well this week, just so y'all know. As I, I was thinking about this and praying about this, that, and it is, I think. Um, it's like herding chickens sometimes, but it's okay. Um, but it, Jesus had this best friend. His name was Peter. And so Peter said that he would do anything for Jesus. He would die for Jesus. He would do whatever it took to be there with Jesus. And Jesus said, you'll deny me. You'll deny me. So that even before when Peter had promised to be loyal to him, Jesus told him that he would deny knowing him. That he said, I, I'm, you're going to say you don't know who this Jesus is. And he would do it just not just once, not just twice, but three times. And it broke his heart. The rooster still crowing when Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Mark 14, 30 says, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. Tw three times. Three times he was going to deny him. Peter, Peter was so ashamed that he ran away. And he ran away sad. He was so upset 
because he knew what he had done. Who's got number seven? Go for it. All right, who's going to get that egg? Alyssa, get back and get the egg. Hurry. Get it from Angie. Hurry. Hurry fast. She stopped when I said hurry. No, no. All right, open it up. What we got? What is it? Do you know? It's a crown. See, it hurts. Do you feel it? It hurts. It's spiky. All right, let me have that one too. Thank you. It's spiky. So Jesus put on a crown of thorns. And this is the same bush that the same type of bush that they got the the limbs from to make his crown. So it's not just a thorn that you'd see on the side of the road. It's not just a little briar bush. These things are huge and they hurt. This thing, I don't know how old this thing is, but you still when you get poked with it, it hurts. And then they shoved that down on his head. So, you know, we were talking about a while ago with the whip that Jesus was bleeding. Remember, he was bleeding on his back. Well, then they took that crown, and they pushed that down on his head. And those little spikes got in his head, and he started bleeding even more. So he was hurt even more. And they were mocking him. They were saying that he's the king. And so they put the crown on him because of him, his, what he would call himself as a king. They were just trying to crown him. And he bled. And he bled more because Jesus was the Son of God, though. He could have stopped these men from hurting him. He could have stopped them before they ever put that crown on his head. He could have stopped them. Before they ever uh, whipped him with that whip, they could, he could have stopped them. But he didn't. He could have called down 10,000 angels and said, just tell them to stop. But he didn't. Do you know why he didn't? One word. Love. He loved you. He loved, he loved Ethan. Did you know that? He loves everybody. He does. He, that's why he stayed on the cross. That's why he took the crown of thorns on his head. That's why he took the beating and the beard plucking and all that he went through because he loved each one of us. And so he said, I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. Even though he'd done nothing wrong, he was taking the punishment for all the wrong that any one of us has ever done and ever will do. Every one of us, every lie we've ever told, every sin we've ever committed, he was taking the punishment for each one of us because he loves us, each one of us. Who's got number eight? Go for it, Jerry. Ethan, you go back and get the egg from Jerry. <laughs> you can get the next one, okay? All right, Ethan, what you got? A sign. A sign? 
That's a cross. What's the cross made out of? Got hung off of that? Oh, ooh, be careful. Is it hurt? All right, is it made out of nails? All right, so here's the nails. I brought it back, Jerry. <laughs> These railroad spikes, pretty close. So here's similar to what they would have used for Jesus. They would have put that in his, thank you. They would have put this in his hands, right there in his wrist. And they crossed his feet, and they drove them spikes in his feet and his hands. I can only imagine what it would feel. I've hit my finger before with a hammer. And I shot my thumb with a nail gun one time. We'll talk about that. But I cannot imagine the pain that Jesus went through with those spikes driven through his hands and through his feet. The agony. He was already in so much pain from the scourging, the, the lashings that he ta- had taken, the plucking of his beard. He's already in a lot of pain. But then they took those spikes and they nailed him to that cross. And then he would die a few hours later from all that he'd went through. Jesus was a strong man. Strong man. But he wasn't strong enough as a man to survive all that he went through. Soldiers couldn't have killed Jesus if he hadn't led them. We've got to understand that. Jesus let them do it. He allowed them to kill him, to, to, for him to go through everything he went through. He could have fought them off, but he didn't. Who's got number nine? Number nine, number nine. Hurry, Cindy, we're waiting on you. All right, hold the egg up. Go go get the egg. Hurry. No, just let let her get this one. (laughs) We're going to have a brawl. Bring it up here. Open it up. What you got? Do you know what that is? A candle? No, that is a spear. It's a spike. Let me show you a bigger one. Have that. Let me have your egg, too. Thank you. So what they did is they took something like this, similar to this. That would be a spear. And they took that spear and they stuck it right here in his side, in Jesus' side, to make sure that he was dead. Now the other two that were there, the other two thieves on the cross that were there, they, um, they had not died yet. And so what they did, they took a club and they broke their knees so that they would collapse and they would stop breathing and they would die. Jesus had died before the thieves did. So they took a spear just to make sure, and they stuck it right here in this side. Be careful. I don't want y'all getting stuck with the, spe- with the crown. So they stuck that in, and what came out? Water and blood. Water and blood. See, Ethan, you're a pretty smart fella. Do you know why it was water and blood? What that, Oh, thank you. What that represented? I've told y'all this story before, but I want to tell it again because there's some here that's probably never heard this. Water and blood caused he did. That's right. There's water and blood. So in Old Testament day when they would do their sacrifice at the temple, they had this big temple and they had this, this altar, and that's where they would sacrifice the animals. And the, the, the walls around the temple had holes at the bottom that were even with the floor. And so as they were doing their sacrifices, the, the 
uh, the guys was doing all the cleaning would come up over with buckets of water and they would splash water on the blood and it would run out the walls. So the servants on the outside were watching as the blood was coming out. They knew the sacrifices were still going. But when the water or when the blood turned to water, when it went from red to clear, they knew the sacrifice was over. That's the significance in the piercing of his side. As the Bible plainly tells us that it was blood and water that came out. And that signifies that the sacrifice is over. That means it's done. From that point on, there's never, never another need for another sacrifice. That's why we have to remember the spear, the blood, and the water. Because it means it's over with. It's a cruel way to die. All right, who's got number 10? 10, yeah. Miss Georgia. She got the egg. All right, where's the egg at? <laughs> you still got it back there? You want to bring it back up? Hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Blow your nose first. All right, what is in that egg? Don't blow your nose on that. What is that? It was inside of that. What do you think it is, Ethan? It's a towel. That's exactly what it is. So that towel, or what we call a linen cloth or a towel, was what they would have wrapped Jesus in. That's what this one is. There's a stain on that. <laughs> of all the ones for me to grab, I grabbed that one. Um, but this one, they would have taken this towel, this linen cloth, and it would have been a big sheet, like a bed sheet, and they would have wrapped Jesus in that bed sheet when they took him down. So they lowered him down off the cross, and they wrapped him up nice and neat, and then they placed him inside of the tomb. And that's what was covering Jesus while he was in the tomb. And that was just a, as out of respect for him to, to take him, put him in that tomb, and to keep him covered up like that. That was just... It was just respect. But what we need to remember is Joseph. This man had a really nice tomb. It was like a cave. So a tomb back then was like a cave. And then they had hewn it out or chiseled it all out. It had this big hole in it. And it had a little, a little table in there. And that's where they'd lay the body. And that was for Joseph himself. But he let Jesus borrow it. He didn't give it to him. He let him borrow it because he wasn't in there a few days later. But he borrowed that tomb for just a little while. Joseph should have gotten in trouble. That was, he was brave. He was a brave man to go to the soldiers and ask permission to take that body because of the time uh, when it, what was going on with the Passover and all that was going on that weekend. But he was brave and he loved Jesus. And so he took the body and he placed it in his tomb. And then Ju uh, Joseph went away and he went away sad. Have you noticed everything we talk about so far? Everything's really sad, ain't it? Yeah, it's really sad. It's, it's going to get better. Hang on. All right, who's got number 11? James, got number 11. 
Ethan, run over and get the egg. From James. From James. From James. That way. Hurry. <laughs> they like dogs when you rattle a bag. You know, they just... All right, open up. What we got? Uh-oh. Whoa. A rock. Let's see that rock. Is that a big rock or a little rock? That's a little tiny rock. That's probably something like David would use to slew Goliath. You want to put it in there? All right. Thank you. So that, that rock is not even close to the size of what they used for Jesus to put in front of that tomb. It was about the size of a, a door and about weighs as much as a car. It was a big old rock. And it, it, was, it was placed there to keep people from stealing the body. At least they thought the disciples were going to come and steal the body. So they rolled that big old rock over in front of the door and they put all these soldiers in front of it just to protect it. What? Do what? She wants to throw a rock? Oh. Not, not right now. <laughs> it took an angel. Here, here's how big that rock was. It took an angel. James read it a while ago. It took the angel to roll it away. It was so big. And it didn't take much for the angel because he was a really strong angel. But here's the thing that happened. When they rolled, he rolled the rock away, what did the two soldiers do? Did you all hear what, he, what James read? What did the two soldiers do? No, they fainted. They fainted. It, it scared them. They fainted. So where did the angel get all his strength? From God. The angel give yeah, God give him all that power. All right, last one, number 12. This is like, now, I want you all to listen really close to this one, okay? This is a good one right here. Go ahead, Jonathan. I'm going to get this one because this is my favorite one. Let me have your egg. And it's a white egg. All right, y'all ready? You ready for this? Ready? Watch, watch. What's in it? Nothing. It's empty. It's empty. There's nothing there. Just like the tomb. There was nothing in the tomb. It was completely empty. The only thing left in that tomb was a napkin. That was it. It was just, a, it was empty. That's a promise that he made and he fulfilled. On the third day, he said he'd come back. And he did. He fulfilled it. So that thing was completely empty. When these two women come to the tomb to see Jesus, they were surprised. They were so surprised because they, they knew when they went in, they said, we're going to go in, we're going to anoint the body, they're going to bring in all their, their smelly stuff, and they're going to put it on the body, their lotions and incense and all that stuff, and, and then they were going to go and they were going to mourn, and they was going to be sad. But there wasn't anything there for them to do. He was gone. That heavy stone was rolled away, and it was empty. The whole tomb was empty. The body was gone. Jesus was gone. He made a promise, and he fulfilled the promise for us. Amen. This was a promise that he made to his disciples at their, their special, that supper that they had just a few days before that. And he fulfilled that promise. He promised he would die. He said, I'll die, but I will come back again. Someday because he died for us, 
we will get to see him again as well. Because he died for us, because that tomb is empty, because Jesus is not still hanging on a cross, he says, I will see you again. I will see. He made a promise to each one of us, adults, children alike, it doesn't matter. He made a promise for each one of us. He said, if you will, whosoever will, call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That's, that's all he says. Just call on the name of the Lord. He said, you'll be saved. And so he made a promise for each one of us that he would come again. He said, if I go away, I'll go away to prepare a place for you. He says, and I will come back. He will come back, and he, he's made that place for us in heaven. But we have to ask him into our hearts. We have to ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, or we won't get to see that home. He did everything we talked about today, from riding in on the donkey, praying in the garden, the crown of thorns, the, the spikes, the cup, the rocks. Everything we talked about today can be summed up in one word, and that's love. He done it all out of love for each one of us. He loves you. He loves y'all. Do you know that? Yeah. You do. Yeah. He loves us. What? I didn't catch that. Oh, she's a princess. You are. Remember, we talked about that. Ethan's a prince. You're a princess in God's kingdom. So's Conley. Remember that? Conley was a prince. Yeah. That's us. Everybody stand with me. We're going to close out. That's a true Easter story. It might be a little, y'all might think it was more geared towards kids, but I hope y'all got a little something out of it. It just tickles me right now that we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, I guess youngins here. Sorry, Hunter, I ain't counting you. That, that makes me happy to see the youngins here. I love these little ones right here. I don't know where the little, little one got to. He's eating. Okay. But it tickles me to death. And I, I appreciate you parents bringing the children today to Easter, to the Easter service. Bring them back here again next week, whenever. Be back here with them because it's very important. Like I said, this is the next generation of the church. And it's very important that they're here with us learning. I want y'all to remember, and we're going to close out the same way we close out with uh, communion because I just love doing that. But I want y'all to remember <laughs> what today is all about. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. He's well. He's on the right hand of the Father right now. That'll put a smile on your face. He did everything that he done 2,000 years ago for us out of love. I love you too. I love you a bunch. Let's pray. Father, we just want to come to you this evening and just thank you again for what was done for us. Each and every single one of us. Lord, you went to that garden and you prayed on behalf of us. Lord, you went to that false trial just for us. Lord, you took the pain just for us. You took the spear just for us. Lord, but that stone was rolled away just for us. Father, we thank you for that. And I pray today as we leave this place and we go about being with family today to celebrate Easter, I hope we do celebrate what this Easter season is about. Lord, not death, but life. Lord, it's about the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. 
Lord, for all that he'd done for us. And I pray we would remember that and we not take it for granted. And Lord, we not take advantage of the holiday weekend that we've been given. Lord, I pray that we don't just do it for a vacation, but Lord, we do take time to reflect back on the sacrifice on Friday and that time of mourning that took place on Saturday, but Lord, the time of rejoicing that took place on Sunday. Let's not forget that. But Lord, we thank you for an empty cross and an empty tomb. And Lord, I just pray today we have a full heart. And Lord, we just give you praise, honor, and glory for all that's taken place. Lord, we love you and we praise you today. I'll listen to your son's name, we pray. Amen. All right, you're dismissed. We'll see y'all Wednesday night. Everybody's